All right, welcome in to another episode. I don't, I don't know if we can even call it the week five of the USFL episode. I, is that the way? Should we just avoid US? It's scheduled. It's the schedule week episode. It's the schedule week. Yeah. Fuck the USFL. Uh, I'm four and eight in the USFL. I've beaten the closing line I, on all 12 of my selections. So are you done with the USFL? Are you out? No, no. I'm, I'm done watching the Michigan Panthers miss 22-yard field goals. I'm done with the Oof. Philadelphia Stars missing um, extra points that cost me a total by half a point. Um, I'm, I'm, what, what, what I'm about to start is to go on a massive winning streak because I'm convinced I've got a big edge. I'll tell you this. Uh, to me, the lower the quality of play the more variance there is. And that's what makes me dislike, you know, these USFLs and XFLs because, and I note the same thing during college basketball season and college football too. It's, it's highly unlikely that the kicker from Georgia is going to miss an extra point. Mm -hmm. The kicker from, you know, Ohio State is going to miss an extra point. The kicker from... I, I don't Middle know. Tennessee State. Yeah, that, that guy, he he might be missing an extra point. It's Florida International's kicker probably just, you know, had never played football before and they need it. They say, how about you, soccer kid? And okay, I'll do it. To which I'll respond 9-0-1 in spring football in 2020. So okay. it, it wasn't a problem with the... Um, with the XFL, it wasn't a problem with the Alliance of American Football when I went nationally on air and picked nine straight winners. So I am I am chalking it up to an aberration, especially because I'm crushing the the CLV closing line value. But a good point to be made is the markets are so immature. I could be creating my own closing line value, meaning the second I give out a team at pick, it goes to minus two within a couple hours. So is that that's it's not like. Three points of closing line value in USFL doesn't make you feel the same way as three points in the NFL or college. Either. No, because we no one is really certain what the heck the lines yeah. really should be. And an NFL line, when it closes, um, you have a much more level of confidence. A good example, like like just last night, you know, um, you know, Golden State was a small favorite, and we would have every confidence that Golden State minus three and a half to four was a good number. Oh, no, that's no. not my best example. But no, for no, the no. most part, you know what I'm saying. You know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what Golden State did. And I, to me, I, I was talking this out with McKenzie today, and it, it may have been the best thing that could have happened to Golden State. Like, it's it's much better that the Warriors lose by 50 than lose by two. I agree with that. Because you saw, the way that they handled the second half of that game, and, and it was maybe three or four minutes into the second half, the writing was on the wall. Like, there was no, that maybe they can come back. Like, it, it was dead in the water. The, this game is, is long over. And... They did what I think was the prudent thing, and they said, "Okay, Clay, Steph, Draymond, Andre Wiggins, big, go have a seat." Big game, game six coming up. Yes. Yeah, be ready. Yes. Uh, let's let's go with uh, Jonathan Kaminga to get uh, big minutes. Let's go. Uh, there were guys, Damian Lee. Let's get let's get him twenty something minutes. There were guys playing last night that I'll be honest, I I wasn't I wasn't totally sure. Like if you if you said, hey. What team is that fella on? I don't know that I would have said the Warriors on all of those. So it was. Oh, you don't know Kaminga? Well, I know Kaminga. 
the, the I'm, I'm being facetious. No, it's like the Jonas Knox uh, used to be on on SOV um, as a, uh, um, a in your role, in fact. Yeah. And so Jonas used to say porn uh, on his 3 a.m. show. He'd go porn star, wrestler, or <laughs> NBA player. Kaminga. And, and I'm I'm being <laughs> I'm being a little sarcastic because like I, everybody who played like I knew they were on the team, but like when you think about a guy like. Moses Moody's a good example. A guy who I don't know if he's played ten minutes in the playoffs. He plays before for the last Bears, year. right? No, he actually plays for the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. But he's I, I don't I don't know exactly how many minutes he's played in the playoffs before last night. I would, Mackenzie, you can do this math. You can check. I would guess less than twelve in the playoffs so far. And yep. he, and he, last night. Well, give him a full seventeen minutes. Let's let's run his ass out there, and it ends up being a, a really smart thing because the Warriors aren't a young team. The t- their top guys are not young, so why why run them out there and put minutes mileage on their legs that that they don't need in a markets game that they've are, got no chance to win? Markets are shrugging this all off. You know, game four um, barely get the W. As a uh, prohibitive nine and a half point favorite at Memphis, uh, excuse me, at home, then to get crushed against Memphis, nope, no biggie. Laying eight and a quarter in Game Six at home, right? So yeah, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole all got under twenty five minutes of action. I, Andre Wiggins got under twenty. I know because I bet his rebound total over, and that <laughs> never came close. Uh, okay, Moody's. Well, as long as you didn't give it out on national radio. Oh, I did do that. Uh, Moody's minutes, <laughs> 17 Sorry. minutes last night. Everyone went under, right? 13 did anybody go over on, on Golden State? Previously no. in playoffs. You would have been 5-0 and oh if you went Steph Curry under, Clay Thompson under, Dre Green, Draymond Green under, Jordan Poole under. Uh, who's the other Andre guy? Wiggins. Andre course, Wiggins under. You would have been 5-0. Yeah, yeah, and and of course, because Golden State didn't score in the first half and no one played in the second. How could you go over? Yeah. Although I do think Clay came close, right? Uh, Clay. Yeah, it's funny. He hit his best game, even though he went under for the fifth time in a row, scored 19 points. Mm. He scored 19 points. Minus 45 was his plus minus for the day. It's hard to do. You know, a minor miracle in live wagering. It, for a while, the total was 230, and it was trending at a pace like around 242. And like I just saw that the final score was 229. So it, it like literally... There must have been like 12 points the final six minutes of this game for it to get under that um, adjusted I, I mean, the Grizzlies number. only put up 15 points in the fourth yeah. quarter. And think about that. They still won by damn near 40 points. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild. So just a, uh, a a great showing for the Grizzlies. But I, And this is, I guess, the overarching uh, theme more than just this one series is, has, has the zigzag theory been I think if anything like it was a a theory coming into the playoffs and we knew there were trends that supported it it's almost been the gospel in these playoffs am I wrong you're correct there and there and I and I believe in the gospel and there's a reason I'm 20 and 6 in the NBA playoffs I had played a lot of unders but certainly I'm I'm a proponent of selectively going zigzag and I in fact said with as much parody as we see in the NFL where no in, in the NBA where no team had odds lower than three to one to win the title. That when we had a fairly competitive series, we simply, you know, wait for someone to cover and then bet against them the next game. And if the team covers two, then bet against them even more. And that really, that strategy has absolutely, you know, uh, played out. Although it's also been very much of a homer. So to be fair, 
certainly we've had series like the Miami Philly where it's just simply you know the home team's just kicking butt. Yeah, and, and well, I mean that, that's been the case in most of these series so far, and you know we'll see Phoenix Dallas tonight. We talked about this on the show yesterday. That felt like Dallas's last real chance. Like they, the first half that they had when they were up eight in the second quarter, it felt like maybe they were going to do something. I don't think Phoenix gives them another chance like that again. I, it feels like Dallas had their best shot and they blew it. Yeah, but Dallas certainly could win tonight. I have no dog in the fight. No doubt they could win Game Six tonight, but you don't. We don't see that Game Seven, that first half. Um, I. I don't see the I don't see the Mavericks having a nearly a double digit lead in the first no. half in Phoenix again. That that no. just seems highly unlikely. I agree with that. And you know that may have been their best shot to do something. You, you know, you're talking about zigzag. I'm not a hockey guy, but I can say that comfortably. Like in the first round of the playoffs, if, if it, it, it sure looked like every every series was tied one one, um, as long as it wasn't like the Colorado Avalanche that just. Um, Pretty much had an avalanche against their opponent, you know, in a mismatch. But um, all these other series, whoever lost game one bounced back game two. So it certainly worked in the NHL in the at least in the early round. There are some and this is another discussion that McKenzie and I were having off the air earlier. How much do you believe in trends? Because there's a trend now road favorites up three, two in game six. 15 and 0 ATS since 2015. And that would include the Suns tonight. Yeah, I can't go against a 15 and 0. Um, you know, it's interesting. Are we able to run how do road um dogs do in that such same situation? Well, that, that's a, yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to check out, McKenzie. Like, can we run that and check that out? Where I'm going is that so are you saying the road team in general you think would have success there? Well, I'm just saying is it that big of if if one team is minus two, like Phoenix is, mm-hmm. and another team is plus two, you know, I mean, it's, is is it that big of a difference that the, the fact that we've got, um, you know, Philly being in a modest favorite role, do the players really pay that much attention? To, hey, I'm minus two versus plus two. I would think it'd be more significant if it, if they were like minus five and a half. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'll be honest, you said I can't go against a fifteen and zero. I, I can't either. If I'd never heard that stat, I feel like I would have liked the Mavericks tonight, getting points at home. Just I'm the same way. I would have I, I would have looked towards the Mavericks, and I saw some wise guys, you know, um, you know, liking the favorite. I'm like, what is going on? And then I heard about the trend, and I was like, oh, I, I can see that. That seems like a that seems like a, um, you know, well, you know, ten and zero trend is a thousand to one shot. So. Then you tack on five more games. Yeah. Um, so dogs in this spot, thirteen and nine, so slightly better than five hundred, sixty percent against the spread. So the the road dogs. Yes, where the Are favorites there's... were fifteen and zero. Oh. Okay. So the road, just the road, the road team, team in general, general twenty eight and nine. That's so that's a seventy five percent. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can say the logic behind it makes sense. Hey, I'm getting the better team. You know, the team on the road, game six. You know, deeper in the series, the better team, the higher seed. Yeah, but now. Is Miami better than Philadelphia? Maybe by by a lot. No, you yeah. know, by a little. Yes. I don't think anybody knows. Like all these, it, I mean, it feels like in the West we know who the better teams are. The fact that the lines have flip flopped so many times in these Eastern Conference series over who who the better team is, who the worst Gold, team is. Golden State was better than Phoenix before last night. Now Phoenix. Now Phoenix. Is now better. Phoenix is better. That one game. Yeah. 
has because it was so leveraged, it was so close rather that we've got to downgrade Golden State a point for that debacle. But how many times have we seen the series price flip in the Philly series and in the Bucks Celtics series? Like it feels like the market's unsure who the better team is and has been. Well, it's just a matter of you flipping a coin seven times. If you get ahead, you're you're a lot closer. You know, and, and I listen to a lot of the other shows, and it drives me crazy. The, the misinformation out there, like there's one guy who pretends to be a professional gambler who's like, oh, these, the, the market is completely mispricing these series prices. They swing them way too much, and simply not true. I mean, you, get, you, you win a game, like I said, if you just, do a, you just run the distribution of outcomes, it's worth so much. Like, look no further than that Boston-Milwaukee. It would be easy to say, hey, you know, Boston now – you know, I, how could you possibly swing that series so much, you know, just from Milwaukee winning one game? Well, you know what? It's going to swing even more if Milwaukee wins one more and they clinch. So, you know, that, that, it's not saying they're better. It's just saying they having to win one game versus two is really significant. Another, uh, another wild trend, and this one's in hockey, Tampa Bay has won their last 16 playoff games after a loss going back to the 2020 postseason. Didn't they win back-to-back titles? Yeah. Hard to lose back-to-back games and still win a title, though. So I you think that, at some point it happens, though, right? Not much. No, not I, yes, but not not often. It, I, has any team in these playoffs not like the NBA playoffs not lost back-to-back games? Golden State might be the All only right. one. That's a good point. Like Phoenix lost back-to-back games. All the Eastern Conference teams have lost back-to-back games. Remember in the in the NHL, home ice isn't worth nearly what it what the home court is worth in other sports, though. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, that's a pretty wild number. That is like, a it, wild it, it, That's it, it just seems rare that you don't have, like, obviously when you lose, you want to come back strong, but it, it, like losing two games in a row in the playoffs in seven-game series isn't the end of the world. It happens yes. pretty regularly. Apparently not with the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, mm-hmm. let's take a look at, well, before, before we get into the NFL schedule, which is not released as we're recording this, it'll be released later this evening. Uh, tomorrow's SOV show will be very focused on the schedule. But let's first talk about uh, Barstool Gaming, something that I know you're pretty fired up about. Yeah, so Dave Portnoy, the um, founder of what is now Barstool, which is part of you know Penn Gaming, um, had a situation occur where James Salinas, former Super Contest winner, great guy, I know James. So he resides in Colorado, Denver area, and he goes up the hill, they call it, and goes to play some draft bets against Barstool. Okay. He asked him, what's your limit? And they said, oh, we got big limits. Thousands of dollars is good. And he's like, oh, great. And so then he walks up and he tr- attempts to bet um, $1,000 on uh, like two or three different bets. And I think 2000 on another. Um, and they print out the tickets. All right. And then, but they say, we need, oh, we need your player's card. So they get his player's card and they come back like, oh, sorry. It turns out um, can't take, can't take that high limit even though they said they could. Now, this does happen all the time, all right? Um, so they said, we're going to we're gonna have to limit you. And then they come back, and then they print out the tickets, and James looks at it, and it's not only is he limited from what he was told he would have, but the odds have changed. They moved the odds on him. And so, so basically, he said, you can have it minus 140 instead of minus $1.10. He says, no thanks, and walks away. And the tickets had already been printed. And... It's unclear whether this is a violation of gaming law. I know they're looking into it. But basically, James was treated very, very poorly. Sure. All right? So I mean, you- just imagine you go to a blackjack table, and it says $500 max per hand. 
All right, and you sit down, Steve Fezzik, and you put out five hundred dollars worth of chips on your little slot, and then they say, "How about your player's card, sir?" And then they get it, and they say, "Oh." The limits have changed. You can only bet $250 per hand at this table now. Like, that's unheard of. No, there's never a casino in the world that that's going to happen. You know, it actually it, it does every happen every now and then. That's crazy. Where the table says $500 max, and you walk up and bet, and you, you ask, what's the limit? 1000 Okay, so you bet 1000 but the, clearly it says the limit's 500 And in a case like that, you know, basically... My understanding is that as soon as the cards get dealt, the casino has accepted your offer, and the, and whatever signage they have that the of the maximum bet is null and void because okay. they have implicitly accepted it's a contract that they sure once they deal a card to you, just like you can't add chips at that point or take chips away, you're locked in once a card is dealt. And if you went to a supermarket and they said you can only buy four T bones for eight ninety nine each, and you buy ten, and they ring them all up, you know. They, they, you basically have a contract sure. at that point. I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to go. But the bottom line is terrible customer service. All right. Yeah. So you a bad ex- look. No matter oh. if whatever legalities, it's a bad look. Exactly. Who knows if any laws were broken? Probably not. But really bad customer service. So you would expect the spokesperson to say, you know, I'm very sorry, Mr. Salinas, for your bad experience. We're going to make it up to you, and here's what we're going to do. Yada yada yada. Opportunity sure. for improvement. Nope. Not this guy. This guy, Dave Portnoy, is like, you know. But F him. F him. He's betting the draft, and, you know, he pro- he had some inside information, you know, against us, and he's trying to beat us, and, you know, F him, you know, for him to, like, to, 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 to describe this like he was in the wrong. My response to this, and I will add, like, Circus Sports certainly agrees with me because I've spoken about this, as have, have others. My response to Barstool Sports is F you, all right? You don't get it. You don't get the fact that your your sports book sucks. Your sports book is not well respected like Circa. Your sports book is a bunch of odds makers that don't do a very good job, put up weak numbers, and the only reason that you win is because you take big bets from suckers and you kick out or limit severely all the sharp players. That's why you win, because you don't hire people who are competent to be able to set good lines and move them accordingly. So you know what? F you, Barstool. I'm putting out the word. Everyone who gambles out there, if you've ever lost gambling, all right, and you've got an account at Barstools, you, I'm sure you're in good standing because they've got you as a preferred loser. So I want you to contact Crackman or myself or Spanky or the Hitman, all right? Partner up with a sharp guy and beat the living shit out of them because they deserve it. Further, sign up all your friends for their very generous bonuses, all right? <laughs> Get a party bus. Take 12 of your frat brothers. Everyone go up there. If they're giving you $1,000 to sign up for free in Colorado, sign them all up and then help them to go ahead and make the optimal wager, which would be a three-team parlay. By the way, it's six to one for a free play to go ahead and get and maximize your dollars. And then the second that you have you know, um, earned that, you don't have to bet anymore. Stop betting and close your account. Just stick it to these guys because they deserve it because, you know, this is just trash. This is just ridiculous, terrible customer service to the point that their brethren, this would be like a, a bad cop, all right? And the other cops are saying, you know what, that's a, in the industry because cops will stick up for themselves. You know, sure. They're like, that's a bad cop out there. Yeah. The fact that your other sports books are saying you're a disaster means you're a disaster. And I'll predict Penn Gaming stock continues to drop. And if you own Penn State, Penn Gaming stock, I recommend you sell it immediately. I'll say this: it is rare because, like, even like when South Point, who doesn't allow you to play here anymore, it's almost like they like 
you're not allowed to play, but they're kind of embarrassed that you're not. So that it's very like, listen, Steve, you're just – this. You're playing advantages. We just can't have it. We can have a conversation about why South Point doesn't allow me to play. But what All they right? never say is— We can certainly is... have a conversation. We can have a great conversation, and we could have Chris Andrews in here, and we could have a nice debate, and people would agree with Chris, and people would agree with me. But Chris never says, F Steve Fezzik. Exactly. Chris— Talks to me like, like what he I respect. He talks Chris. to you like a customer because that's I, what you yeah, are. Yes, I respect Chris. We agree to disagree, and frankly, to be fair, I think Chris wanted to yell at me, and he's too much of a professional for that. And he just said, "Steve, I don't even know what to say." And I told him, "I don't know what to say either." And we just walked away from each other. And that's what, that, and that's how professional people who disagree on things, they agree to disagree. They don't say "f you," you know that you're like. Like, I just can't even imagine. James Salinas is the nicest person in the world. And that's what happens when, you know, you've got a sports book that's branded this way. And they're, you know, that that's what they do. That's what the barstool thing to do would be. And there's probably barstool guys who are like, yeah, F that guy. Which is dumb because they don't realize they're the dopes getting taken advan- advantage of by these guys. But and then somebody who comes in and has a chance to win, they're like, "F that guy. We only want loser money." And the, like they're like, "Oh, we're the losers." Wait a minute. So Kenny Houston described it best when the Westwood Ho uh, Casino that where it's where the McDonald's is between Circus Circus and Resorts World now. So just north of what was the old Stardust, they um, had a two hundred dollar max bet, two hundred dollars, and Kenny Houston was playing at the Westwood Ho. Because they had this cool coupon book, you know, that would include things like you don't lose on on. We've spoken about this. You don't lose on twenty two. You push. Yeah. And they booted him. They recognized him. They kicked him out. I mean, but it's two hundred dollars. He's playing alone. He's just had screwing around with it. Friend was, you know, in that part of the neck of the woods. So he puts out the word to every single blackjack player. He knows, he knows f the westward hoe. It's time to pound the hoe. <laughs> He sent everyone in. He says, get the coupon books. Go to all the events. Get multiple coupon books. Use one per shift. Save it for when you double down 11. You catch an ace and lose with your 22. Now you get 400 bucks back and just, just pound them as bad as you you Because he's so angry. Yeah. He, 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 his group could make a lot more money going to someplace else. But he was like, no, we're going to get the West. And I, I almost feel like – and there's like in, – in the old L.A. law, there's like one litigation. There's one lawyer – where like he's rep- his client is being represented against the scam artist, and the scam artist says, "I'm not worried about losing this case. You know why? Because your client's old and she's gonna die. That's been my experience with really old clients like that. And I'm not gonna have to pay anything because she'll be long gone." And and so um, Stuart Markowitz turns to Jonathan, you know, his, his younger aide, and and he says, "Jonathan, you get this guy. You get this guy, however you can." Now Jonathan winds up cross-examining him to death. He physically dies in the, oh. in the episode. No, I'm not saying that Dave Portnoy deserves to die. Let no. Me, let, me, let me say that, but, but you get the idea. Um, Mr. Portnoy, Barstools is now on every Sharps radar. Any chance that um, people have to make a choice if they're Sharp and they should happen to be in Tennessee or um, uh, or Virginia or New York. I don't know which states you're in. Colorado. I, I'm, I imagine there's going to be a lot of Sharps. So you know what? I could go to DraftKings today or Barstool. I think I'm going to go to Barstool and see what mistakes they may have up. So just um, I'd have your I would have your bookmaking team working overtime because um, tighten up the laces. Yes, because you're going to get action and it's going to be all the wrong types. F you. All right, let's get into the NFL schedule that comes out tonight. 
what are there's a couple numbers out already, and we'll, we'll get to that. And Mackenzie put up on the screen here that the uh, the Seahawks and Broncos Week One Monday Night Football. So the Russell Wilson Bowl right out of the gate. Now, where's the game? Uh, it's it's in Seattle. Okay. So what what's the expected line there? I will throw out um, Seattle plus six and a half. Okay. What what is the line? Is uh, it up anywhere? McKenzie, not up yet. Okay. Because this is and this happens a lot on schedule day. This is a a leak, not mm-hmm. a release. Boy, I, 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 who's quarterbacking Seattle? Drew Locke. They, it's a swap, baby. Baker. Where's what's Baker up to? I don't think Baker's coming there. Mm. I don't oh, think so. Oh, I th- I could see it. I don't Give think so. Give me 10 to man. 1. Uh, no. Okay. Because he's going to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. There, but, there aren't that many chairs left to land on. No, you're right about that. Uh, all right. What are you looking for when the schedule releases? Are you looking uh, – and how, first of all, how are the books going to you know, release these numbers? Are all the numbers going to be up for every game? Uh, are you looking for certain spots week one? What's a, what's a good week one strategy to employ? Look for mistakes. Okay. Have basic power ratings. Look at what the lines get get put up and take advantage of a number that's just wrong. I'll, and I can give an example. Um, I bet four Raiders games because every Raiders line is up, even though we don't know what week they're playing. This is courtesy of Station Casinos, and I'll share uh, two of them that, that I bet, two of the four bets I made. Um, I bet the Chargers at the Raiders. McKenzie, we'll go ahead and see if he's paying attention. Give me a line, Chargers at Raiders. Chargers should be favored. I'm going to say minus one Chargers at Las Vegas. I agree. Chargers, I, I, I had a 1.3 favorite. I took the Chargers plus one and a half. Would not have bet them at Pickham plus one and a half. I took it. Now people can say, wait a minute. You're doing what you say you hate doing. You're past posting line moves that plus one and a half doesn't exist anymore. Well, I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> know why? Because I'm the one that effing moved the number. <laughs> so if I move the number, I'm allowed to talk about that. And I can show you the ticket with the max bet. You know, then I, then I can pass post that it is indeed in pocket because I can show you my pocket. Uh, one more, Raiders at Jacksonville. McKenzie. Hmm. I'm going to say the Raiders are three-point favorites at Jacksonville. Well, then you should, you're working too hard because they were laying seven and a half. But um, Ooh, the Raiders were? Yes. Ooh, that's a now big it's number. Six, now it's six and a half. Ooh. So, so you took the Jags seven and a half, I, I assume. I, I did. Yes. That's yeah. That's good. I, I, I listen. I'm not running to the window to bet any Jags numbers, uh, but that that's uh, almost too too good to be true. You know, so. you, I just heard that Urban Meyer does not know who um, um, Donald is. Aaron Donald. Yeah. Did, uh, did you read that? Yeah, I think that he uh, he, he kind of poo pooed that after he left. Who's this 99 dude? He could cause some serious. Yeah, that trouble. Guy, we, we should probably double team that guy. I'm thinking. You, you know, to, to be fair. Um, when you think about it, if you're a college football coach and you're really like focused, you really shouldn't know the NFL players because how is that going to help you? But then the flip side is, well, you probably should be watching because you can learn from some of the you know the, the tactics that are being utilized. But you just certainly don't have time to watch all the games like you know we do. Now, when you bet these Raiders games, and and those were available here in Las Vegas uh, earlier this week, they became available. You don't know the order of these games. We, so that's the sort of the disadvantage, right? Right. I think I'm going to catch a break because one of the schedule leaks in the middle of the year, this is like week in eight or nine, the Raiders go to New Orleans, apparently. And then the next week they go to Jacksonville. So that would be a really bad scheduling, scheduling go West Coast to, you know, to New Orleans 
then come back and then go out to Jacksonville. And I doubt that the Raiders are going to stay east when they're, you know, it would be different if they were going to Atlanta or something, but they're only going to New Orleans. Well, it'd be different if the Raiders were the the Seahawks. It's just, it's like a four-hour flight to New Orleans. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's I, yeah. I can't imagine that they would. But it's still a bad Sure. Spot back to back road. But yeah, so is I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you bet the max amount on on these games. Asked for three k, they came back with two. A very fair size. Okay, so but allowed. that's that's the disadvantage that you had was not knowing the order of the schedule at that point, because there are times where that could be could help me too. So it's sure. unbiased. It's unbiased, but there is more uncertainty. Yeah. Okay. But there's no there, but there's no scenario that. The Chargers would be an underdog at Las Vegas. It doesn't matter what the schedule would be. It could be the third straight road game for the Chargers. Yeah, They'd can't. still be favored. I, I'm with you on that. That's that's an interesting line. So th- now this was only for Raiders games, right? No, no other teams they put these up for. That is correct. Yes, and it makes sense because there's interest in the Raiders games. You know, one curious number, and I did bet this. Um, I'll ask you this one, AJ. So the Raiders um, are at the Rams. Give me a line for that one. The Super Bowl champion Rams against the always overrated Raiders. I'll go. I, I would like. I think a fair number is Rams minus seven. Excellent. I took plus eight, and you took Raiders plus eight. I did. Okay. And my handicap was where's the home field? There's going to be so many Raiders fans. Sure. In the game that I just can't give. A, I can't give the Rams anything significant for home field. I think you may have to. Because I know you were doing that last year too, like uh, for the Rams and the Chargers, not giving them any credit for home mm-hmm. field. One thing we know about LA sports is when you win, people get more interested. And I'm not saying that suddenly the Rams and the Raider or the Rams and the Chargers are going to be the Packers, but it's going to be less than zero interest because the teams have been successful. I mean, a team's a champion. Sure that that will get re- that will get LA fans. Intrigued, but I'll have I'll have half the crowd because the the Raider Nation always uh, no, is crazy I, in L.A. With the Raiders, I agree. Certainly, there will be a very heavy pro Raider crowd. Probably the Ra- there may be more Raider fans than Rams fans at that game. But I just think in general, you may have to boost good point the good home point. fields for those two teams this year a little bit because they they've got a good team now and a sta- established winner in one case a superstar quarterback in another from no fans to actually having fans with yeah numbers. so whatever yeah. you had their home field number at i'm not yeah, saying you've got, got in, a, but you got increased it's got to be increased some it can't be there's no uh, home field there. i agree with that okay yes all right uh is it what what's the one other thing you're looking for with these schedules to be released like is what's the I, I guess what's the inside, like, okay, when this comes out, I see this is the game after the London game or after the Germany game. or what, What's something that you're looking for, hoping that you get uh, to fall your way? Uh, please, please have a Dumbo sportsbook put up the lines in every game first before a place like Circa or Westgate. Because Circa and Westgate have very competent odds makers that I respect, and they make mistakes. Um, we talked about USFL game. They got wrong by seven points. But the... But those are few and far between. So, so I'm just just ho- very hopeful that a, a place that has no idea what they're doing. I don't want to embarrass anyone with bad odds making. So I won't mention uh, Barstool, by example, <laughs> as, as as a book that the sharps don't respect at all. And like, well, why don't you just beat the hell out of Barstool? So like, because I, when I bet, I, I after I make five sharp bets, me or anyone else, my limit's sixty eight dollars. Right. Thanks. You know that that that's their model. Basically, they just don't let any sharps play. 
Um, but that, but they, they would make all kinds of mistakes. Like, like, and and to be fair, it's, it's not that easy to set lines for all these these different teams. And so, Station, for instance, like we can talk about. Hey, they 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 made some bad lines, in my opinion, on the Raiders games. But hey, one two thousand dollar bet for me, and boom, and it's all corrected. And now all they do, and I didn't bet all seventeen games. I sure. bet only four games. So now it's just earn, earn, earn. After you know, you go ahead and um, make a couple corrections, and boom, you're at where you need to be. And I'm sure they've got people there who say, "Oh, Steve Fezzik's betting. Let's adjust accordingly." As opposed to, "Oh, AJ Hoffman came in and placed a bet. Let's adjust accordingly." It, it all depends who's. Um, working at that very moment, you know. It's, did you have I, to give I've a noticed, player's card when you did this? Yes, yes. Okay. So, so, so I've noticed like different shifts. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, it doesn't matter." I, well, a good example with the station is I tried to bet a draft prop. Um, I bet cross under eight and a half, and whoever is on board says, "No, no, no, no." We'll give them three hundred on that. So they saved me seventeen hundred dollars because I asked for two thousand. And cross, of course, you know, went ninth in the draft. So that was my one draft loser um, when we went eight and one. Well, let's play a little bit, a little game here before we head out. And I, I'm going to throw out some of these look ahead numbers to the NFL season, mm-hmm. and you just give me an instant reaction based on your power rankings, what what you think the uh, the line should be, or if if this is correct. So let's start with the Chiefs at the Chargers week one. Interesting. So I would say that... Now it's a Thursday night football season opener. First game of the season. And the Chiefs are... I'm trying to figure out who's going to be favored here. All right? I'm going to make the Chargers a a minus 1.2 favorite. McKenzie? It's it's at Kansas City. Uh, Make Kansas City. Oh, okay. I apologize. I I was looking at this I knew that. I'm sorry. So make Kansas City. Kansas City is a slightly better team. Two and a half for home field. Easy. KC minus three. Would love to bet KC minus two and a half for Chargers. Three and a half. And the fact that both of those, it has to be three. It It, has to be three. It is three. Look at you. How about that week two Monday night football matchup between the, the, the Titans at the Buffalo Bills? Okay, so just doing my power rating real quick. Um, is it going to be six and a half or seven? Six point seven five. It's going to be seven, is what it looks like. Okay. Buffalo seven. Uh, the Super Bowl Fifty Five rematch: Tampa hosting the Chiefs. Ooh, good game. Um, week four. So Tampa clearly is better than Kansas City. Um, three and a half. Tampa Bay minus three and a half. How about Tampa minus two and a half? Oh, I got to bet Tampa Bay. Okay. That doesn't that that who's um who's dealing that right now? DraftKings. Yeah, you got you got to bet Tampa Bay. And let's go with Dallas at Green Bay, and that is week. Is that was that? Well, we don't know exactly what week that is, right? McKenzie? That's week ten. That just came out. Oh, it is week ten. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Who's better? Um, Green Bay slightly better. Green Bay has a good home field. Green Bay minus three point. Two. Green Bay minus four. Mm, okay. And then the Christmas Day game, the Denver Broncos at the LA Rams. Um another Rams are, are slightly better. Rams don't have much of a home field. Rams minus three. Uh, Has Ram, to be three. Rams minus two and a half. Okay. I minus two and a half is probably a good bet. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So there's some early season, uh early season look aheads. For when the schedule comes out later now, if today, bet, if I bet all these, I don't have any money to play. You know, so that's I gotta, true. I got to be a little like, like you're like, oh, you made it three point two. You got to take Dallas plus four. I'm like, what? What week is that? That game? Week ten. Week, yeah. week ten. So it won't be. 
real uh, no it could be real cold in green bay by the middle of november could but be. um i'm not i'm not eager taking four with the dallas squad i don't like you know um against a team that has a really good home field advantage but but if that game if you told me I can bet on credit, absolutely, I take Dallas plus four. I don't want to uh, get out of here without letting you talk USFL. Why should we be looking overs in Week Five? Okay, because what happened is funny. So Week Four, I remember I came on and said they need to change the rules to increase scoring. So the USFL clearly is not listening to me because they changed the rules to reduce scoring, shorten the games. They have running clock after incomplete passes, first and third quarters, and that did result in lower scoring last week such that what was interesting is that if you bet all the games under on Monday or Tuesday before they announced this, you went three and one to the under. But if you bet over after they announced it, all the totals dropped three points. The overs went three and one. Oh, wow. Two, one and one. So you got to double dip a little bit. Yes. Um, And scoring was supposed to decrease by three points. That's approximately what it did. But now they're not dealing. They're dealing these totals and they're averaging like in the mid thirties now. It's just a little bit too low. So I don't know which ones I'm going to play over. I got to go through the injury reports on the quarterbacks. If you blindly bet all four games over, I think you'll go two and two. But if you don't go two and two, you'll probably go three and one. I would look to overs. The move is don't bet the Maulers game over. The Maulers, yeah. Um, Leave that as an under game. Or leave it, leave it alone. Bet the other three overs. You go two and one. I'll say this before you fade the Maulers one more time. The Maulers did cover. They lose by eight. Oh, good for 20, them. Twenty-one to three. Their opponent missed two field goals, I believe. <laughs> um, and they, so they got in the back door. The Maulers down eleven, kicked a field goal to cover um, in the fourth quarter. The Maulers play uh, this week. The Gamblers, okay? okay. And as bad as the Maulers are, the Gamblers statistically are every bit as bad. All right. So sounds like an easy under. Uh, it sounds like you should be taking the points. So that I could only look, I don't want to recommend the Maulers as any kind of don't do it. Bet. But I will say if you have to bet that game, gun to your head, you want to look towards the Maulers. And if it does indeed hit seven, which it could, given the Maulers have lost every game this year by seven or more points, yeah. I will happily take the Mauler. No, correction. I will unhappily take Kirby. What's Kirby's last name? The coach. I don't know. The guy who fired the guy for eating pizza. Yes. I, I will happily take name. Kirby's troops plus the seven, and it probably would be correlated with the under. Ugh. Kirby Wilson, apparently. Thank oh, yeah. You. Kirby Wilson. Yeah. My- Running backs coach who's suddenly like, I'm the head coach. I'm in charge. You can't have pizza. You're fired. You're cut, buddy. Believe me, these gamblers are no good either. They're not. Oh, they're not Mauler's level bad. You didn't see the game. You know they almost. No, won. I didn't. They almost. They almost <laughs> won last week. This. This sums up my. My. So I have um, New Orleans, and I play them on the money line just because I'm like I need a win here. Okay, I've got the power rate so much better. So I don't lay the four and a half. I take them minus the two ten on the money line. I bet minus two hundred. Give out minus two ten. It goes to six and a half minus two seventy. They win Sloter passes for like 400 yards. They win the yardage 500 to 150. Oh. They almost lose the game. Wow. They almost, it goes back to what you're saying, you know, as far as the unpredictability that, um, my goodness, uh, you don't see, I, I know there was one NFL game where I think the Steelers, it was a Steelers game where it was like 40 yards to 400 and the 40 yeah. yard team won with two special teams touchdowns and two defensive scores. But um, that does, 500 to 150 doesn't usually go into overtime. No. Uh, you have a best bet for the people this week. Do I have a best bet for the people? I'm supposed to. You know, I'll go ahead and give one out. So this is this was available on DraftKings, all right? Total 
team with the most wins over under 103 and a half. I'm going to go over the 103 and a half. And I think this, this is, is Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball. I think this is a cool bet, okay? Because the Dodgers are currently projected to win 102 and a half wins. Okay. But look at it. There's a lot of really good teams. So I like the Dodgers in general to go over 102 and a half. So why am I playing over 103 and a half and getting rooked by a game? Because you get all these other teams who could potentially do it as in, well. I mean, the Mets, the, the Yankees. The, 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 the Astros, the, yeah. the, the, the Brewers. I've got all these other teams. And people are like, well, those, Fez, those, those teams aren't going to win 104 games. Well, the Giants won 107 last year. Right. So it certainly can happen. And no one thought the Giants were going to win close to 100. E- exactly. So I look at it. It's almost like I got a f- – the Dodgers are a 47% bet to go over 103.5 by themselves. And now I got a free roll. The Yankees could certainly win 104 sure. games. So th- that I will make that my best bet. Okay. There you go. Be- the the best team on the board to win over 103.5 games, uh, Steve Fezzik's best bet. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Hope, hopefully, you are spreading the word. Spread the word that we're on. We're releasing on Thursdays now, changing it up a little bit as the dream previews move to Tuesday for the NFL offseason. And once we move back to Wednesday during the offseason, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe we'll stay here. Maybe, I don't know what's going to happen. It's too early to tell. But that's the beauty of subscription. Subscribe, subscribe, and you'll be the first to know. How about that? Thanks to Steve Fezzik. Thanks to McKenzie. And thanks to you, the listener. And hey, Let's be careful out there. Do it to them before they do it to us.